Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. So hi everybody, welcome to the Tuesday Night Jaw End of Year Awards edition. As I walk away from my son's wooden zebra chair where the recorder is perched. Oh, yours is a zebra. Yeah, you're here. Um, you're here, my boy, uh, and my wife running around because it's not bedtime yet and uh, we've got to get this recorded. So, um, yeah, apologies for the sound of my son having the time of his life outside of this room while the three of us sit in this room. Miserable talking about right now. We're not miserable. Um, it does. It does feel a bit like we've been put the naughty step, and all the fun's happening outside. Yeah, absolutely. Um, anyway, Tuesday night, Joe. Welcome. We're on the Distraction Pieces Network. Check out everything on that because it's all lovely. Um, and uh, I'm Jim Smallman. Uh, yeah, you've heard my voice before. You've heard the other two lads' voices before. You've just heard Chris Brooker, who is always here for these their awards. And uh, you will shortly hear the whispering, snooker-like commentary tones <laughs> of Matthew Taylor Francesca uh, Obama Richards. Hi. <laughs> uh, so, um, yeah, yeah, if you're going to get that close to the recorder, you need at least to buy a drink first. I mean, it's just even more worrying that... So the, the zebra chair is is a chair that has a zebra head on. But it looks like the zebra's doing like a, a poltergeist slash um, like possessed oh, yeah. turn of the head. Because his head's the wrong way around, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. yeah. It's weird. He's got a lion chair as well. I, I think we found him in a skip. Either that or he's like contorted his legs behind his body and is sitting like belly up at us. Either way, it's disturbing. It's it's the kind of zebra... It's, we should point out it's not, you know... I say anatomically correct. It's not a. It doesn't. It's a caricature of a zebra, and it looks like the kind of zebra face you'd see on a mask of someone in the purge. Brilliant. That's the setting. Yeah. Um, my son's giant Hot Wheels garage. Dude, it's just the greatest thing in the world ever. It. It's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. Just play with that later. Yeah. Um, so anyway, um, you guys voted. Loads of you voted, just like you did last year. I've spent today, uh, when not chasing my son around in the couple of days I'm at home before I have to go to Phoenix, um, I, uh, I I spent today counting the votes up. Some right. categories, really close. Yeah. Some categories, not close at all. <laughs> Shocking. Some things, I'm going to make an, an apology now. Progress features a little bit in things we're going to talk about, which... I think if this was a podcast that I wasn't on, 
probably wouldn't be necessarily as definitive a case as it is because I know that a lot of people who listen to this happen to also watch progress so that often colours your viewpoint outside of WWE stuff oh that's um, great so, so it's still... that's me apologising for things I've done this year getting votes on my own podcast Okay, I mean, I feel the, weird about in it in the same vein I should probably then apologise because there's going to be loads of future shock stuff because I'm on this podcast hmm um <laughs> I don't I'm not apologising for anything I mean, I mean, I'm probably the one that should apologise for the most. Um, I mean, let's not let's not bring up your rap sheet. Uh, <laughs> I sent you them lyrics in private, Jim. Okay, and my grime career will take off in 2019. There were some brave rhymes on there. There was. Do you know what I've started doing recently? Is that, what I'd like to know from everybody is what radio station do you listen to? If you're in a car, what radio station do you listen to? Because I'm 40 years old, so I'm too old for Radio One. Mm. I'm too young for Radio 2. Mm. Um, <laughs> um, so, I can either listen to Absolute, which has good presenters, like Frank Skinner and yeah. Jason yeah. Manford, but fairly terrible music, or I can listen to Six Music, which has one in every ten songs will be absolutely brilliant, five out of every ten songs will be just terrible, just wet, wuss rock. <laughs> I mean, um, uh, I mean, you should just probably grow up and stop listening to angsty teenage shouty music. No, has never. anyone uh, has ever anyone told you about Spotify? I mean, I've got I've got Apple Music, but I just sometimes, <laughs> sometimes specifically when my you, wife's in you, the car, you're trying to talk to a man that that ironically with air quotes that used to listen to Alex Jones. He's the amount of times I've been sat in his car <laughs> and he made me listen to the insanity that was for three to four hours. I lost my mind. So. The, the legit reason I listened to him was I feel like I always have to apologise for it. You it's one of those things that I worry that one day I'm going to be crossing a border and someone's going to go through my phone and go, "Did you have you listened to Alex Jones?" I'll be and I'll have to go, "Yeah, I did a little bit." I went through a phase of listening to him because, uh, as discussed on this podcast before, he's insane. Yes, yeah. he's absolutely. Bonkers. And he, what he is, he's a snake oil salesman who disguises all of his selling of his terrible wares with ill-thought-out conspiracy theories and very few apologies, um, which is Sorry. one of the reasons Sorry. he's got no money anymore. Is this Alex Jones or your career? No, it's Alex Jones. Oh, all right, cool. I've never sold vitamins to anybody. Until now. Now you know him. Get your distraction pieces. <laughs> Fucking vitamins. But the, um, Full of vitamin pip. The Herbal non-brand Viagra coming up. But the reason I say this is, I, I, will I be like coming up. Shut up. I like listening. <laughs> I like listening to six music. But my problem with this oh, is, is that what we're talking about? Yeah, yeah. Radio stations, right? <sighs> Just tweet us what radio station you listen to. Right. I know for a fact that Matthew will now claim that he listens to some kind of pirate radio station that no. you can only hear within no, the I don't. three quarters of a mile I, around his house. I will. I'll answer honestly. I, I listen to Smooth FM, and that's not a joke. It's great. The only thing I'm holding that I could drop is my MacBook, and I'm not doing it. Why? And I want to drop something out of uh, shot. It's cushion. It's great, yeah, like especially no, get it, get it. Um, there we go. <laughs> because especially on Sunday when they're like, <laughs> on like Sunday night, when they get like, it gets like. I bet every Sunday they play Easy Like Sunday Morning. That's exactly what they do, and it's great. And that, but later on, like they get the presenters in that, like, you know, that really like, hello, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the smooth drive time hour. We're going to sit back, relax, and we're going to play some tunes. And then they'll play, like, Easy Light Sunday Morning or 
usually like something like Barry White or whatever. I was, I was led to believe there'd be a wrestling podcast. Nah. Right? Pfft, fuck it, you've never listened to this before. Yeah. Um, no, I just got really angry the other day about, <laughs> about people on Six Music. It's the only radio station where people still go, oh, it's out on this label. No one cares. Um, and also, it's the only radio station where, and this is, it'll lead into something later on because I need to mention one of the emails. <laughs> <that I got. laughs> it's the only radio station where everybody who texts in or rings in desperately tries to prove that they are the nerdiest person about music. Yeah. Are they the ones who ask a question, but it's like they've written the essay and then put, yeah. don't you agree? So they'll be on with like Mark Radcliffe and he'll go, he'll go, so what's the last gig that you went to? And they'll, they'll go, well, I've been to 289 gigs this year, but, uh, but I, clearly the best one I went to was just like, I just saw a busker on the streets of Cockermouth and <laughs> honestly I just want to say Cockermouth Vince Cockermouth <laughs> um, I think I might have done a show in Cockermouth <laughs> we both uh, yeah. we both <laughs> well I've definitely uh, I've definitely gigged in Cockermouth and I think you have as well I don't think I have I'm sure there was a period in time where admittedly I might have been quite depressed um, I came up with the idea that I wanted to visit every funny named town that sounded like either genitalia or a sexual innuendo in the whole of the UK. And like I legitimately got as far as this was like before Google Maps was like proper prominent as well. Mm. Where I like legitimately did some research and there was some really funny ones. Like, so there's that. Uh, it was a dark time. I was bored. Um, not That's much a special change. level of boredom. Yeah. But part of me just wants to applaud you for it. I know. Did you have Westwood Ho on the list? It's it's it a hey. Let's, so, let's add it in. <laughs> whenever I have to, whenever I have to drive back to Leicestershire to see my family, I have to drive. Uh, part of it's down the A5, mm. and there's a town called, there's a village called Willie, and I will laugh at it every. I will shout the word Willie as I drive past the sign. Uh, Forty I, years old. I still, I still chuckled when Blab and Rovers signed David Goodwillie. Because um, <laughs> the irony was he wasn't, and his, and his very cousin, good. and his cousin Stevie Bad Penis. <laughs> All right, so you've not, you've not done oh. Cockermouth. Have you played Peniston? Yes, I have played Peniston. Yes. Or Penis Town, as I like Penis to call Tone. It. <laughs> as you like to call it. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you were through my 10%. Hello, my name's James Mormon. We're taking you down to Penis Town. I mean, you definitely would have listened to some CC Peniston on Smooth FM, wouldn't you? Oh, yeah. 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 100%. Nice. What radio station do you listen to, Chris? Classical FM. I do. Classic FM. It's, it's relaxing. No, it's yeah. not. Because, if, like... I don't give a shit if it's relaxing to you. If you're stressed, you're fine. Is, if I'm stressed, we die. What I'm the one driving. What you don't realise is, like, we'll be listening to some, like, really, like, nice, slow thing, and then, like, the Lone Ranger, like... Do you mean the uh, William Tell Overture? There you go. That's Whatever it is. Like... That cowboy stuff. You are a but that'll start playing, and you start driving faster because you're getting into it. Like we're we're buggered if Dan Buster's it. Like we're we're off. You know what I mean? I don't know any classical music other than uh, I know Volta's entrance music is is Dvorak. Dvorak's ninth. Yes. Sin- sim- symphony. There yes. it is. That's the word. It's, I it's, say it's not the whole of the ninth symphony. It's part no, of it. it's the best bit. Yeah. It's yeah. the. It's literally the bit yeah. you remember. It's the money shot of that. Symphony. It's like it's like the chain by Fleetwood Mac. Like yeah. the only good bit of the chain by Fleetwood Mac is do 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 do, and I like Fleetwood Mac. Yeah, Rumors, great album. air bass at the same time. Too, right? That's only marginally harder than actually playing bass. Marginally easier. Um, anyway, 
Let's do the awards. <laughs> so what I'm going to do is um, these guys. These guys aren't aware of uh, the uh, the prize winners of the awards. Um, mm-hmm. I am because I totted up the votes today. What I'll do is I'll give you the top three, right. and we will discuss them as we go through. Uh, the categories that we got you guys to vote on was uh, male wrestler of the year in both WWE and non WWE category. Uh, same for female wrestler of the year. Uh, we also had match of the year again, WWE, non WWE. Show of the year again, WWE, non WWE. And uh, we asked for you to give us some more names to go in the Hall of Fame, of which we're going to add another five people to the Tuesday Night Jaw Hall of Fame. Christ! Um, one of whom I can't actually remember is in our own Hall of Fame or not. The other four definitely aren't. Right. Um, Can we just clear this up? Viscera is not going in twice. No, Viscera's already in. He doesn't get to come out he's, until he, he goes in the WWE Hall of he's, Fame. He's in there, he's blocking it like Snorlax. He, um, someone put a gif oh. up the other day of how quick he could get out of a ring. Yeah, like he, oh yeah, he, was, oh, he could get out of a ring quick. Old Nelson, what oh. an athlete! Apparently, a lovely fella as well. Yeah, everyone, no, everyone well, talks about. Him. Anyway, let's kick things off. Bang! WWE Male Wrestler of the Year. We have a tie for third. Okay. For this. Okay. Okay. So in third place, tied is uh, the Bruiserweight Pete Dunne. Fair. And mm. Johnny Gargano. <laughs> for you, said Johnny Saint then. Um, um, not, not a wrestler. Four man uh, fatal match. Um, so I love both of these blokes uh, I think Pete is one of the finest wrestlers in the world and I think Johnny uh, has had some fantastic matches this year which we'll get to in a while um, and has kind of I think the interesting thing with Johnny is how he has reinvented himself from his. he was great on the indies but he was never one who talked or had much of a personality and now like while still not being someone who talks loads has managed to get both as a baby face and as the persona he's got now and managed to get that personality over um, I mean Pete's Pete I don't think we need to elaborate much more on Pete I do also think that if Pete was full time in I mean it's different now but obviously for all of 2018 he was still doing indies so I think some people like last year we had the same thing Pete didn't do particularly well in either category because people didn't know if he, he was doing the fish or, or foul he was uh, the Ric Flair of indie wrestling Yes. Um, but uh, your thoughts on Peter and Johnny? Well, Johnny's Johnny's an interesting one because when he, I tell you what it was. The uh, yesterday there, there was a video clip of unlike the tag team partners that popped up on the WWE Facebook page, and they had sort of clips of Baron Corbin and Rhino knocking off Gargano and Champa in the uh, Dusty Rose Classic from a couple of years ago, and it's so easy to forget that initially. That's what they were. The Gargano and Champa were really kind of just there to make up the numbers and and sort of just be an interesting team. And the fact that they're now in the in those few years have gone from being just there to sort of tick boxes to being the backbone of of NXT in many ways last year. Mm. And it's what you're saying about his his development is it's interesting to see that folk go and when they're challenged they have to rise to it. And I think you find a lot in the indies that if you can avoid doing the stuff that you're not necessarily comfortable with, no one's going to make you. Mm. Whereas you go to NXT or WWE or some company like that, they, they will push you, and then it brings the best out of them, as it did with these guys. So. I love how pensive Matthew's looking right now. Mm. I think he's thinking about Smooth FM again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I think they're both really good choices. Uh, Pete's had... Just so you know, like fourth 
was AJ Styles. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I think, I think we get the demographic of our listeners. To yeah, be I, I think I think what's interesting about Pete is that that it's one of the things of I, I don't know if he's uh, improved in ring because like how much more improvement can you have <laughs> when you're that good? But he's become this like different entity. Like he's, there's something really special about him, especially within that like landscape of WWE and NXT and NXT UK and every other <laughs> sub brand. Um, but it's that like thing. I think what's been really cool is seeing him go from the guy that was sort of tearing up the indies to being the focal point of a new brand. The guy that like main evented the Royal Albert Hall, you know, the guy that's held that title for over 600 days. Like he's becoming a special wrestler, which is something again, that probably we're all very unshocked by, but Mm. it's still delightful to see. And he's, he's still absolutely phenomenal. And, I, 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 the thing I still adore about Pete is you'll be on a show anywhere in any country and everyone will have reactions, but Pete has a full on like rock star reaction. Like there's a, there's a different level of reaction when Pete comes out. I like, and this sounds like it might be a slight, but the only thing I can compare it to is when Randy Orton's music hits. Because I don't think I think I said to you because we went to a SmackDown taping, and and I never quite got Randy Orton fully until I heard Randy Orton's versus hit, and then the reaction. I was like, "Wow, that's like completely something different." The point I got Randy Orton was was a house show in Nottingham maybe a year or two years ago, and. Uh, parking my car and a little kid running up to me going I'm going to see Randy Orton and I remember yeah. thinking Haha, cool and then seeing 4,000 kids lose their mind yeah. when he comes out because he is like Cena he's a walking superhero yeah and then what's interesting is Pete's getting that reaction from growing men and women and everyone else like that's what's incredible but yeah I mean it's, can, it's I, cool. can I go off on a small tangent here I want to remind you something because this is something I was discussing with Stevie recently my, mm-hmm. my housemate um, as we drove home on New Year's Eve past the Irish club in Manchester <laughs> and, and Stevie went oh I went to a show there with Great Bear um, and it was five years ago because I went yeah. and looked up in Cage Match I think I sent you the link as well Jim just to say yeah, imagine how oh, much this show, would yeah. cost um, and I believe that was it 12 people there I was one of the said 12 people yes yes indeed so it's a bit like it could be like I was also meant stuff. to go to that show and then was it ill Oh, that's weird. I would have swelled I the was, crowd. I was talked out of going to that show, and I feel very sad. So, on that card was Tony Storm versus Nixon Newell. Mm-hmm. There was Tyler Bate versus Josh Bowden, yep. which was the first match that didn't have a referee for the first three to four minutes, because referee Dez, bless him, who's a good lad, uh, was in the toilet uh, and actually came through the door to the working men's club doing his trousers up. <laughs> um, <laughs> Sam Bailey was on that show. Uh, and then the, the main event was... The main event included Flash Morgan Webster, mm-hmm. Marcel Bartel as then Axel Dieter Jr., who I believe was Great Bear champion at the time. At the end. I think uh, yeah, it, yeah, so he won the Great Bear title. Um, Damon Lee. Damon Lee. Damien Dunn. Yeah. Chris Brooks. Yeah, Sexy Kev. 
Um, it was the most random match, and a really fun little bit. We'd been on a night out the night before, um, and Flash, I hope he doesn't mind me telling this story, came out, because we were sat front row, because... I mean, there was only one row. Uh, and <laughs> you were sat row, row. Yeah, and, and Flash was like, just had a conversation with me about the night out before someone's car got clamped Nixon, or so. Nixon's yeah. car got So clamped. he's just stood on the apron, waiting to be tagged in, going, oh, mate, you should have seen what happened last night. And he's like, hang on a second. Comes in, like, ends the rest of the match, comes back out. It was one of the bizarre experiences. That was even be- that was the first time Great Bear finished, so I hadn't even started working for them because I worked for them in the second uh, incarnation of them. But yeah, that was a random show. Just imagining how much... I mean, that was only... When you think about it, it seems like so long ago, but five years isn't that long. Yeah. And how much would that cost? That show cost to book these days? Oh, God. A huge amount of money. Crazy. And it would probably sell out, like, oh, yeah. all by itself. Well, yeah. Number two, WWE Male Wrestler of the Year is Seth Rollins, um, who had, I think, the longest match in Raw history, which was that gauntlet match that took up pretty much our entire episode, which was great, and shows you exactly what sort of dude he is. Um, I'm glad they've changed his music slightly, so I don't just think that someone's pressed pause on the CD. Yeah, because it just used to just be, it used to stop for two seconds and nothing in it. And at least it shouts burn it down now. So, um, I like him. I... I um, I think he's one of these people that very much like AJ Styles very much like Daniel Bryan um, just doesn't have bad matches yeah pretty much so you know um, just just loves CrossFit and metal uh, it's only today when I wrote his name down I went oh I bet he's called Rollins because oh, okay. of Henry Rollins like I genuinely never hey, even thought hey, it hey guys it's been punk rock since day one Radio <laughs> 6 though Radio <laughs> 6 well no he's just really <laughs> Oh my god, I can't, I cannot wait until someone takes the audio clip of that and just rinses you. Oh, I'm so, I'm, oh, oh, I'm so happy. I could go home now. No, it's one of those, it's one of those things mm. that's so obvious I never even thought sure. about. Sure. Mm. Yeah. Do you know that the people who carry the coffin at funerals are called Paul Bearers? Yeah, Don't get me started. <laughs> I'm, st- I'm still reeling from that. Um, so, number one uh, is... I'll tell you who this is, uh, and this was also who I would have voted for, but you guys might have been different. Um, number one is Tommaso Ciampa, the greatest villain in modern wrestling history, uh, and uh, had an amazing year when you mm-hmm. consider that his first match back from injury was at WrestleMania TakeOver. He had not wrestled up until that point, uh, and then has just killed it repeatedly uh, with Johnny Gargano, with Alistair Black, uh, with Velveteen Dream. Uh, with anybody he's been put in a ring with, and whilst whilst putting out some of the best promos and some of the best Twitter content uh, that a wrestler has done in a long time, and a proper villain, mm. a proper villain, which there are not many of in wrestling these days. Uh, I mean, there are still people who cheer for him, uh, but you know, we know how I feel about that. Um, I think he's had a fantastic year and would have been my easy pick for WWE uh, rest of the year. How do you guys feel about him, and would you have chosen anyone else? That's it's one of those things. I don't necessarily think he's my WWE wrestler of the year but then the more I think about it the more I don't know who I would yeah. actually go yeah. well no one because it's been such an ensemble piece this past year especially the main roster because so so for example off the top of my head Mustafa Ali so has the, not put a foot wrong this year so the next three out of uh, after the top three were 
AJ Styles, Daniel Bryan, Mustafa Ali. See, that's, that's the thing. So, so Mustafa Ali, on the one hand, has killed it every time he's been out there, and he's, is, is, is. You want him to do well. You just, he, it's him through and through. It's perfect. It's a great story. Him getting onto SmackDown made my made my December. Uh, Daniel Bryan, I think, has been brilliant from the moment he uh, he won the title, mm-hmm. but he was kind of so so before then. I don't think anyone's had an absolutely outstanding year on the main roster. There's been loads and loads of good stuff, but then everything's kind of had like you know, that's probably why AJ Styles is is four because he's not you know. There was all the stuff with Nakamura, which didn't quite deliver the way people wanted it to. Um, so, uh, Champ has been incredible. I, I, I wouldn't. I don't feel like he's had the best year in WWE, but then I don't know how who I'd put above him completely. It's, it's. Yeah, it's weird. Like, because I, I kind of agree. He is. It's that thing of like he is up there, and I think I think it's. To his credit, of his, he's been so consistently good that you almost kind of forget that he's good. If that does that make sense, like you kind of take him for granted a little bit. Yeah. I think the thing with Mustafa Ali is, he, if I had to choose between the two of them, I'd probably pick Ali because of his rise mm. and how how important he's been in terms of of, of so many things. That like he represents so many different things, but. It's just someone that really took something he was passionate about and made people really care about him. Like his extracurricular activity, them promos, uh, were outstanding because they, they they looked like nothing else. They sounded like nothing else, and it was all done by him, which I think's like just a testament to his work rate. And now he's gone onto the main roster. He isn't resting. Like he's continuing to go from strength to strength. I've really enjoyed uh, Almas this year. I've really enjoyed Mysteria this year, and I've really enjoyed um, Samoa Joe. But I think I think you made a good point. Of I think it's been a year of everyone pulling together to make their shows good. Like I think like I feel like if you broke it down to two or five NXT SmackDown Raw. Um, I'm missing the show. Oh, NXT UK, obviously, but um, I think you could pick a top three from each show and then put them into a Premier <laughs> division, and you still be like, "Oh, that's really hard." Mm-hmm. I think that's what's been been interesting this year is like everyone's pulled their weight for their brand. Um, but yeah, Champ has been phenomenal, and again, I think he's like Gagano of the journey he's been on the change he's been on since he was an independent to what he is now is phenomenal and even like again like Chris alluded to when they were first a team like you wouldn't have sort of foreseen this where, where they are now but yeah I think Ali might be my pick yeah I think Ali's, Ali's had a great year I think Champo is the Al Pacino of wrestling though he's just <laughs> become he's become terrifying method actor villain wait a minute what year Pacino I don't know I mean, we're talking not not recently. We're not talking Jack and Jill Pacino, are we? No, no, we're talking good Pacino. <laughs> okay, Centre Woman or before? Not before that. Before. Round Scarface. Ooh. Ah. <laughs> um, non WWE male wrestler of the year. Our top three is, and we have a very very clear, absolutely leagues out in front winner on this one. 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Third is the person who was the leagues away, out of, absolutely out of control winner last year, I believe, and that's Kenny Omega. Nice. Second is Will Ospreay. Nice. And in first place, by a million miles, all in capitals, mm. is Volta. Um, who, during the course of this year, uh, has been uh, PWG champion, uh, OTT champion, Progress champion, I think WXW champion at some point during 2018, uh, uh, as well as just getting this reputation of being the best, uh, up until very recently, unsigned wrestler in the world. Um, it was amazing. People, I, had, I genuinely had people messaging me going, "Is Walter WWE or not?" Well, the awards are for 2018. I mean, he made his WWE debut on January the 12th. So <laughs> some people are still getting used to writing 2019 <laughs> on things. You just, uh... yeah. I mean, if you're doing that on checks, then move on, get contactless. Um, but um, I'm, I'm slightly biased towards Walter in that he's both someone I like as a human and is progress champion. <laughs> um, but. I do think he's even if he wasn't. I mean, there's a reason he became progress champion. Is because we tend to you tend to put the title on either people who are killing it storyline wise or people who are just really really good wrestlers. Um, and or, he happens uh, to be a really really good wrestler. People who know something about you that we don't. Oh no, that's never happened. Not yet. Um, but yeah, how do you feel about the top three? Is there anyone you feel is missing from the top three? Is uh, are you surprised about Walter winning it? No, no, no. no. Anyone would be. Not really. I've not. I'm not. I'll be honest and and, and say it. Like I've, I've literally watched Zero New Japan uh, in in 2018. Really, but um, again, I've touched on it before. Like New Japan really wasn't always my promotion, mm. and it's not because I don't like the product. I think the product's really good, and they have some absolutely unreal wrestlers that keep keep on having incredible matches. It's just that you're a hipster bell end who wants to be different. Uh, sure, we'll go with that, uh, <laughs> and that's why I would have chose. Uh, no, no, no. Uh, but yeah, I think I think the thing with Volta is it's, it's just that um, he's got this. He's, he's he's just got this aura around him, and I think that's what's been fascinating. Like it, everywhere he's been, it 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 feels like a matter of time until he decimates the whole of the roster. 
And I think that's quite a cool thing. Like, I'm really trying to think of someone I can compare it to. Vader. Yeah. In his prime. Like, yeah, like, early 90s Vader, like, g- turning up to UWFI and battering all their <laughs> lads. Um, yeah, like, he's just got this presence about him. And, it, and I think that's what's been uh, really, like, such a cool thing. And it's, like, been different. It what. It's felt different, even though it's 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 a bit of a nod to like the throwback sort of times. But yeah, I mean, you know, you you mentioned the like, yeah, I mean, just think about the matches he's had. Yeah, that match with Jordan Devlin in Ireland, which was phenomenal, um, and and felt like you know like Jordan was representing a whole country, which was super exciting. The matches he's obviously had in progress that I've been really fortunate enough to be sat front row. For and then, like you said, goes to PWG. All the stuff he's been doing in WXW. It's like uh, even Fight Club and you know beyond. It's like he, he's there has not been a promotion he hasn't been to that uh, he hasn't turned up and just had world class matches mm-hmm. in. He also gets wrestling, so he is really good. And it says as a promoter, he's really good at coming to you with his opinions. He's really good at uh, structuring matches. He is. Um, he's as smart about wrestling as someone like Pete is outside mm-hmm. of just doing the wrestling stuff. Mm-hmm. Because even though, um, like, he, he's always going to be a sort of baby-faced dude, Walter, he, he is, um, he's very experienced. He's wrestled all around the world. He went to Japan when he was very, very yeah. young um, and just gets it and manages to be one of the most exciting wrestlers in the world whilst doing nothing particularly flashy. It's chops and kick and it's, it's chops, a big boot. Every but everything looks believable, and I think he's the sort of person that maybe five to ten years ago, if you're an indie wrestling fan, you wouldn't have got it. Whereas I think now is the exact right time for him to to be around. That experience, as you mentioned about going to Japan early on, and 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 I always sort of come back to the matches he had with uh, Daisuke Sakamoto in, in WXW, in that he is not a parody of, like, King's Road-style main event wrestling from the early 90s. He's the real thing. It's because of his ability to draw emotion out of matches and his opponents. That match he had with Mark Davis, uh, where everyone was like, oh my God, it was so violent, and he caught open Davies' chest and stuff like that, but everything in that match was so important and so well thought out in its way of drawing sympathy for someone like Davis, who's not a small guy and is a guy that, you know, when he's wrestling most people, he, he, he out-muscles, but it was such an important match for Davis because it gave sympathy for an audience to have an emotional attachment to him. And it also made Volta look like an absolute animal at the match he had with Thatcher. He destroyed a man that he's meant to be friends with. And it's like, he has such an intelligence about what he does between bell to bell. And I just think that I I can't really think of anyone else. And that's not a, a knock on anyone in the independent wrestling minute that has that style and has that ability or can do it to the level that he does. In a couple of years, we'll have people trying to beat him. Yeah, yeah, what yeah. always happens. Yeah. You know, we had people, you know, in the mid-noughties, you had people trying desperately to be Daniel Soon or to be AJ Styles or to be whoever. Um, and you will get people, you will get, uh, eventually you'll get a pale imitation of him. 
but at the minute we're very lucky because we have a real deal. Mm-hmm. Um, I, for a long time, when I was counting the votes up earlier, for a long time it was very odd that that Will didn't have like loads of votes yeah. for a while, and then the la- probably the last the last twenty or so votes I counted, he got he got a vote in pretty much every one. Um, because Will is, I mean, I having watched him extensively for the last seven years, um, is ridiculously good at everything that he does. The tag match that we had at Progress <clears throat> yesterday, um, up until Lycos's unfortunate injury, um, and to give you a little update on that, like he, I, I messaged him today, he's, he's okay. He obviously sucks because he dislocated his shoulder really badly, um, but he appreciated everybody sort of clearing out the venue and being helpful. Um, uh, didn't appreciate how long he had to wait for an ambulance, but that's the joys of London. Um, uh, but um, paramedic was really great. He looked after him really well. Um, uh, and yeah, just unfortunately one of those things that just happened when he got clothesline over the top rope. So um, yeah, I mean, obviously sucks. We love Lycos uh, and we wish him a speedy recovery. But in that match, you're watching, you know, four very good wrestlers. But obviously, Will is so good. Like um, I'm just seeing a gif of of him doing uh, a top rope assault driver on Chris Brooks, which mm-hmm. is a terrifying move. Yeah, but looks absolutely amazing and at no point do you watch that and go I worry for everybody involved in this you just watch it and go it'll be fine he's 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 the impossible boy like I mean it, the 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 standard of uh, athleticism and high flying that him ricochet Kota Ibushi anyone that does that style the young box they've raised the bar so high if you want to be that if you want to be a flyer, that's your level of standard now, and that's you know a, a complete testament to to Will. And uh, you know, by no means is he the only one that's you know. I could literally list a bunch of flyers that are, are, are unreal, but like he Will's evolution in terms of like his in ring style recently has been really impressive, and and yeah, absolutely. Well the, well, the stuff he couldn't do when he was eighteen, yeah, was like he well, he, he could do everything, but he wasn't great at. He wasn't great with strikes, and he wasn't, um, and like within a couple of years of of him breaking into the business, and everyone realizing he was he was great. It's like he he, he must be, he must have been sitting down and watching stuff and going, "What am I not brilliant at?" Because I want to be brilliant at that as well. Mm-hmm. And now he's at a point where he's brilliant at everything. Um, like he, he wasn't the best talker, so he learned, and he got really good at that. Like he, he's. You know, as long as he as long as he stays healthy, which you know he seems he seems in after his rib injury, which I think made him slow down a little bit um, last year, he seems to be in really good nick at the minute. It's the first time I saw him at a show yesterday. It's the first time I've gone, "You're all right," and he's not gone, "Oh, this hurts." Like <laughs> it's the first time he's gone, "Yeah, great, thanks. How are you?" And I'm like, "Oh, good." He seems in a good place. Good. Quick note on, on Kenny Omega. Um, like came third, didn't uh, come anywhere near the sort of amount of votes that the Volta got. Um, I know we talked about this with, with New Japan before. I think New Japan faces a, a, an interesting uh, an interesting year this year because obviously quite a lot of their foreign talent are going to be in All Elite. Um, and it, it does, it creates an interesting conundrum for them, I think. It'll be... Kenny Omega's still a, a heck of a worker, but obviously I think New Japan last year... For me, New Japan in 2017 was absolutely bananas, out of this world, tremendous. New Japan in 2018 was still absolutely out of this world, bananas, tremendous. But I think Kenny Omega's year in 2017 with his stuff that he did with uh, with Okada was was so groundbreaking at the time, it was easier to notice him 
It's now yeah. almost like he's so good now. People are like, yeah, we know he's good. We don't need to vote for him. I genuinely no. think that's the reason, yeah. rather than him all of a sudden not being the best wrestler it's, in the world because he's still absolutely expectation absolute. is everything. Mm. Um, and Pete, uh, I can't remember when they were talking about this. I can't remember where I saw it, but Pete was talking about. I think that Pete Dunn was talking about how the match with Tyler at NXT Takeover. Part of the reason it got the reaction it got, not just because it was a great match, mm. was because nobody saw it coming. Nobody had any expectations. Right. And now you put them in a match together, you expect that. And if it was like I, I, when I was traveling in a car with Mick Ferry once, and a comedian who's giving me some advice about it, he says, when you storm it to begin with as a comedian, everyone thinks you're the best when you're new. But if you're booked to close a gig regularly and you storm it, you're doing your job. You're doing what you're paid to be there for. And I think with, with Kenny Omega as well, because he was on the rise for the couple of years before he was, you know, junior heavyweight uh, champion, he was in, sort of made the jump to heavyweight and he then progressed up the card, there was that ascension. And then once you're at the top, you know, not, not that the only way there is down, but even if, if he's out there having, what was it, six and three-quarter star matches or some nonsense, um, you... All you're doing is delivering what's expected of you. So people, like you said, Jim, I think, will go, eh, it's just, mm. that's just Kenny being Kenny, isn't it? Precisely. And I do think it's, again, Walter's year was so good that we're only given a chance for people to vote for one person. So I think as soon, I think for a lot of people, certainly listen to this podcast who are going to be into British indie wrestling and stuff like that, the first mm. name that's going to pop into your head is probably going to be a British indie wrestler. Um, mm. Just so you know, the, the honourable mentions, people have just missed out on the, uh, on the top three. Uh, were uh, Jay White, Zack Sabre Jr., Chris Brooks, who got a lot of votes, uh, and Cody. Uh, all people who, again, not surprised in any way that they've got those votes. Uh, and, you know, I'm really pleased to see Chris Brooks up there because he works very hard. And yes. he's a fantastic guy. Not just fantastic in ring, he's got a great mind for wrestling as well. So, um, On to WWE Female Wrestler of the Year. This was the most one-sided also, the only category where people voted repeatedly voted for someone just by using their nickname. Um, Brilliant. So I'll give you the top three anyway. I'll be honest, the winner of this got ten times more votes than the second place. Okay. The winner of this possibly got... Well, no, I'm just going to do the maths and say got more than all the other votes combined. Yeah, she didn't. Um, so, um, third place, and again, votes will have been split here because people weren't sure where to vote for her. Third place was Mae Young Classic winner Tony Storm. Mm-hmm. Um, who had a great year in WWE yeah. but wasn't really in WWE until the NXT UK product launched uh, officially uh, on the network uh, Ronda Rousey is second who is an absolute game changer for, uh, for women's wrestling with a legitimate background and number one uh, to no surprise of anybody was I was trying to think of someone funny to say and I was trying <laughs> to think of a wrestler from the 1980s that I could have said and then my brain went I'm not going to do that number one is the man uh, Becky Lynch um Excuse us, I believe my son needs to come in. Hey, Claudio. Hey, buddy. He's going to bed now. He's going to say no star to you all, but he's gone shy. He's gone shy. No star. No star. See you, mate. No star, guys. See you, mate. Bye. That's my boy going to bed. He loves Becky Lynch as well. That's who he voted for. That was a lovely break from the unending cynicism of this podcast. There's no cynicism in this podcast. You listen to other wrestling podcasts. <laughs> this one's a positive breeze. Um, so, Becky Lynch, number one by a million miles. Um, and also as well, let's be honest, 
she's number one by a million miles, and she probably had half a year. Yeah. Of that's how good her half a year was. Yeah. Because when was the turn? When did she? Just after SummerSlam. Yeah. No, SummerSlam. It was actually SummerSlam. SummerSlam. Yeah. So there was your turn. We were uh, we were there. Yes, indeed. Um, uh, and uh, Matt wasn't. No, he wasn't. Um, so she has had since August has had such a good year. It was all is the thing was always was always good, but was always perhaps not in uh, in a role that was as prominent as others. And then all of a sudden, I mean, I, I appreciate when she turned, we were meant to boo her, but everyone did that thing uh, where uh, everyone wrestling fans went, "Well, she's got a point." Uh, so and she became the female Steve Austin, <laughs> yeah. which she still is. And um, I, for one, one hundred percent hope that um, she doesn't win the title uh, in a mm-hmm. match at, uh, at Royal mm-hmm. Rumble and then goes into the women's Rumble and wins the Rumble. Um, that's what I hope happens. Please God, because um, I, I, I think the. I mean, I'll be at the Rumble, and I, I think that the. Um, I don't know if there's a roof on the stadium. It's in Phoenix. It doesn't really rain, but I. I, I Metaphorically, I would hope the roof would come off because yeah. she's so popular. Yeah. yeah, I mean, arguably the most popular wrestler in WWE. Sincere, genuine. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. it. Connection. Yeah. Do you know what's? It's interesting as well. The my little pet theory about her and about her personality, because she loves silly puns. You know, for many years that was her thing. She just always making daft jokes, always making silly puns. To me, that suggests in a lot of cases. Your brain's constantly going. There's clearly a really, really sharp brain mm. inside there, and people may have written her off as being a bit daffy or a bit goofy. And 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 now what's happened is she's at. They're seeing what happens when all of that is honed and focused and aimed at something. And there's, it, it, she's just outstanding at the moment. Um, and uh, yeah, punched someone in the throat this week. Brilliant. It's good. Um, I, th- I think for me, the, the as much as as much as the punch and the visual of her being covered in her own blood, which is still uh, that is up there with one of the most badass things I've seen, along with Killer Kelly after the match with Millie at the WXW London show, where she has the gum shield in her mouth, checks on her. I think it's her eye that was busted open and does the shrug. I was like, that's the most badass thing in the world ever. Um, but it was the segment she had with Edge and the response. Oh, I can't remember the line, but oh yeah, it was just outstanding. It was just it was that so moment. Was it the line about carefully don't hurt your neck getting out of the room? Yeah, but it was everything, even before the, the yeah. about your neck. It was the comeback about like I don't I don't doubt myself, like or whatever. Like I don't just like myself, I love myself, or whatever. And it was just that moment of like she just owned it. And has never hasn't stopped. Just hasn't stopped. That's someone not only getting an opportunity but making the most of it. The only other wrestler to get close to the the Storm Rousey Lynch top three was Shayna Baszler. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It was, was in one of my uh, sleeper favorite matches of the year, which was at the um, the WWE United Kingdom Championship Tournament at Royal mm-hmm. Albert Hall. Uh, her match with Tony Storm, yeah, yeah. which um, is uh, is. One of my favourite matches has ever ended in a count-out, I think. It was just really good. Just really, really good match uh, between two fantastic competitors. And and Shayna's brilliant. She's really good in her kind of... Me, it, it, she's kind of reinvented what a mean heel can be. 
because for a long time, and we've brought this up on the podcast before, a long time, if you were a mean female wrestler, you were in Mean Girls. You were, that's what you were. You, you weren't mean just because you were hard as nails. Yeah. Which is weird because how women's wrestling was built mm. through history was built on very, very tough and in some cases, genuinely mean for bad reasons. Women, like people like Mulo, was not a nice human being. Um, uh, but women like Mildred Burke, who was absolutely hard as nails and was going to wrestle in Japan in the 50s and 60s. You know, that's... And now, Shayna Baszler's got that character. She, her um, promo this past week on NXT uh, with uh, Bianca Belair. Mm. Fantastic. Yeah. And it isn't just when she's talking, it's how she reacts. Yeah. So, uh, she's... I, I mean, Bianca, I think Bianca will be in, in our top three next year. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Man, man, that, that. I wonder how she does the thing where she spins on the spot. Every time I've seen her do it when I've been at NXT shows, she does this thing where she spins completely on the spot. Yeah, and yeah, I've seen it. Yeah, yeah. And I, the first time I saw her do it on TV, I thought that they put a little thing in the entranceway mm-hmm. that just span her around. Nope. She does it under her own steam. It's because she's an it's absolute so freak of an athlete. Well, the, the she's dead, unreal. Some of the moves she does. Oh, yeah. She's unreal. Terrifying. She's phenomenal. It, as, as, as three uh, somewhat jaded wrestling fans, Anytime we see something and go, I've never seen that before. She's unreal. That it's, whole that whole NXT women's division is. It's starting to feel like the age of all Japan. You've got Kari, you've got EO, you've got uh, Dakota Kai, Dakota Kai, you've got um, Rhea Ripley, Rhea Ripley's in there. there. Yeah, you've got, uh, you've got uh, Nixon when she's back. Nixon. Yeah. You have uh, Reina Gonzalez, yeah. who yeah. is outstanding. You've got uh, Casey Catanzaro waiting yeah. in the wings. Yeah. Zaya Lee uh, as well. Zaya Lee. Yeah. It's, it's good, un- it? unbelievable. It's gonna, they're going to be like the All Japan Women roster in the sense that they're doing stuff now that you'll see guys try to do and fail. Mm. Hell yeah. Um, on to non WWE uh, women's wrestlers. Um, top three. Uh, a, little, a lot closer this one, but we did still have a clear winner. Mm-hmm. Uh, third, and again, Splitting the votes is Tony Storm. Hey, <laughs> um, uh, I think if we focused him, just one or the other would have come a little bit higher. But Tony Storm, uh, number three, uh, number two is Jordan Grace, nice. and number one is Miko Setamura. Yes, um, uh, which is great for uh, a, a wrestler who wrestled on Nitro in about 1997 mm-hmm. um, to still be as relevant, and not only as relevant, more relevant than she's ever been, uh, more popular than she's ever been. Being in the Mae Young Classic, we so. We, and probably you, dear listener, knew who she was. Um, and then she was in the Mae Young Classic, and now a whole load of other people know who she is because she's had that exposure. Um, also, a sweetheart of a human being, as me and Matthew will attest. Yep. Um, like all of the Nandos in the world, as we've talked about on this oh, podcast my before. Lord, yes. um, uh, her and Emi Sakura will sit and eat Nandos for four hours if given the chance. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. At some point, uh, if it kills me, she will wrestle in a progress ring. Uh, up I mean, that she point. would kill you. Yeah, she would literally yeah. kill is you. There, um, is there not like middle ground? Do we have to have your death? No, I'll try not to die. You bid. You, you went in pretty high with that. Yeah, you could I have just, just said, bid with like I really, thing. really would like it yeah. to happen. I, well, she, well, I know she wants to do it, um, but it's just one of those things that hasn't lined up. So at the minute, you know, people get to see her at Fight Club Pro, people get to see her at Eve, which is great. Yeah. Um, but um, fingers crossed at some point we'll get to see her um, because she's wonderful and a wonderful yeah. person all around. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Jordan has had a great year. Like the first time I saw Jordan in person was when she did our show in Boston, um, and we were just blown away by her. She was just fantastic. As we were with, um, we used a, f- a few American indie talents on our, our tour of America, and they you sure and it was Boston and not Philly? Because she was on in Philly, wasn't she? That was a four way. She was in a singles match in Boston. I'm sure. Yeah, oh, she, yeah, yeah. That was yeah. Um So yeah, she just. So did I just did I just do the I think you'll find to someone about their own promotion? Yeah, I think you did. Yeah. Oh man. And also to the guy that does commentary for the promotion and had to reset some notes. <sighs> <laughs> you didn't do it in the right voice. Though. Yeah, you did. Remember it in the such voice. A polite way. Remember the voice you meant to do. Uh, I think you're fine. I think you're fine. Um, so, um, but she's had a she's had a great year again. Someone who's great to have around uh, and is terrifyingly young. She's twenty two. Yeah. Um, uh, is now progress uh, women's champion. Don't don't get me started on youth in um, wrestling now. Watching watching the uh, the women's championship match at Takeover and realizing that cumulatively they're about the same age as I am. <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, Jordan. It's a long walk back to Manchester. <laughs> Jordan had a great year. Uh, did loads of good stuff. Doing good stuff in uh, uh, Impact now as well. Um, and you know we uh, we made the decision to make a, a progress women's champion, which. Uh, and now she's doing what Matt Riddle did with the yeah, Atlas Division title. And she's yeah. taking it around and, and defending it in various places, which is awesome. Um, and again, Tony, who you know had a great year both on the Sorry. Indies and in WWE. Um, and it's quite nice seeing Dave Meltzer tweeting about Tony Storm and saying, "Well, she'll be the she. She's basically going to have the main the main roster is going to be built around her for the next decade." You're like, "Oh, everyone sees it because yeah. you know yeah. um, everyone sees it. She's she's fantastic." Um, just uh, so you know, just outside of the uh, just outside of the top three, uh, two names who got a significant number of votes outside the top three uh, were Millie McKenzie, who was just yeah. a couple of votes short of being in the top three, uh, and Tessa Blanchard, um, uh, who got a fair number of votes. We'd have a lot of we had uh, twenty three different names uh, voted for in this, um, which was uh, particularly uh, particularly good, especially when. We all know that even from when we started this podcast like a couple of years ago, the leaps that women's wrestling has taken in that time, and that shows by the fact that not everyone is signed to WWE. There's still loads and loads of names that people can uh, people can name from outside of it. Such a, it's, it's that spread of votes as well shows the depth of the pool. Mm. Whereas if we did this a few years ago, it would have, you know, it's probably not a shock that the top three were who they were. Mm. But there would there would have only been sort of three or four names that would have would have made the cut. So the fact that there's that everyone, so many people have got their own favourites and yeah. the people that made the most impression on them just shows how much talent there is out there now. Yeah, absolutely. And that they're being showcased. Yeah. Um, on to the next one, which is WWE Match of the Year. Um, I was mildly surprised. So, um, mildly. Oh, God. Mainly yeah. because my choice did not win. Um, so... We had, again, 24 different matches were named for WWE Match of the Year. Uh, we have a very, very clear top three. Uh, your top three is Becky Lynch versus Charlotte Flair from Evolution. Mm. Yep. Johnny Gargano versus Tommaso Ciampa, the unsanctioned first match from uh, TakeOver New Orleans, which is not only my choice of match of the year, it's probably my match of the decade. Wow. I absolutely adore that match and cannot say enough positive things about it. 
But number one, pipping it by one vote, Ooh. was Andrade Cien Almas versus Johnny Gargano from NXT TakeOver Philadelphia, which everyone's forgotten about. I've forgotten about because yeah. it was in January. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like to thank Andrade for his one vote. Yeah. Uh, um, show, he listened. It, so I've spoke about Andrade a few times and that I think he's one of the best wrestlers on the planet. And I think the little series he's doing with Rey Mysterio, they've got two out of three falls match tomorrow night on SmackDown. Right. The little series of matches he's doing with, with Ray has made everyone again go. It's almost like he's starting SmackDowns like the same thing. The same thing that he's starting NXT. He was bought in with a lot of fanfare to NXT. Didn't necessarily get over with his initial character. Then got put with Zelina Vega, who is absolutely out of this world amazing as a manager. Then all of a sudden just hit his stride. And he had that first match with Johnny Gargano at, at NXT TakeOver in Brooklyn the previous August. And that was the point where I think he just he just hit the ground and it went nuts for him. Um, and I think that's happening with him on the main roster now as well. I think he's having these matches. He's having these matches with Ray where people will start going, "Isn't he brilliant?" He, absolutely. And, and fans will laugh because again, moving from NXT to main roster, it's not just as easy. as We're wrestling fans who love NXT, so when people move to main roster, we expect them all to do absolutely brilliant. It doesn't happen for everybody. And but he's so good. He was so good before he even went to WWE. He's mm-hmm. so good, uh, and the fact that that you know he's been busting out Canadian destroyers with Rey Mysterio <laughs> on SmackDown. Um, uh, I mean, the only thing that would have made that even more taboo is if they'd done it in New Orleans. Like it's, you know, <laughs> it's um, uh, fantastic. So I and again, that match, one hundred percent a five star match, absolutely mm-hmm. brilliant. Um, for me, I prefer Gargano and Champa. And just so you're aware, uh, Gargano and Champa uh, two. Uh, was also in there. Mm. Uh, that came uh, fourth. <laughs> uh, well, joined fourth with uh, Alistair Black and Johnny Gargano from NXT TakeOver War Games. NXT is featured heavily in these. Uh, the six-man ladder match uh, is joint fifth. Um, and I think the highest, if you don't count Evolution, uh, with it being a sole uh, female-only pay-per-view, uh, the highest uh, main roster match, uh, joint fifth, was uh, Ronda Rousey and Kurt Angle against Triple H <laughs> and Stephanie was McMahon. Yeah. Which I I love that to bits. Like when I was when I was watching it at Mania because like everybody everybody the three wrestlers uh, well the three people have been around wrestling for longer shall we say in that match because Stephanie's not strictly speaking a wrestler but Triple H and Kurt Angle and Stephanie has been around the business since she was a kid made Ronda Rousey into because Ronda Rousey could have come in and just got by on her reputation but that won't last forever. She came in and got by on that she looking got like by, a by her bad reputation. I see what you're doing. But, but you know what I mean? That match, that, match made, that. that match absolutely made it. Um, there's a lot... The, out of the 24 matches that were named, there were a lot of matches from NXT. <laughs> um, because NXT is... And again, for our listeners, I think we're all more likely to lean slightly more towards NXT than we are to main roster. And there's nothing wrong with that. Um, uh, but It's... it's... It also leans more towards us. Mm. I think it's it's aimed at us. It's a wrestling product and a wrestling network for wrestling fans. So, but yeah. did I tell you that I nearly because last year was my hmm I've come into a bit of money. I'm going to go and see lots of wrestling in America year. So I got to go to the Rumble. Did I tell you that I nearly left Takeover before the main event? Why? I was tired. I basically I'd flown in the day before. I was going. Oh, I'm feeling really tired at this point. I'm just going to go back to the hotel. I mean, I'm sure this match will be good, but I'm not that excited about it. And then I thought, well, I've come all this way. I might as well watch it. Kind of glad that I did. 
So uh, you were in attendance for that one. Yep. Were you in attendance for Gargano and Champa? Uh, New Orleans, yep. Yeah, me too. Uh, I'm not going to say it now because I worked I was backstage for it, which made it even more mental. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and and also, it's to, for that match for me as well, it's two of my friends, mm-hmm. uh, Tommaso in particular, like, I'm, uh, just and knowing it was Tommaso's first match back after injury, mm-hmm. like everything about that match, not just is it a great match, it, it's a special match to me as a person. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, and again, like I love the Evolution show as well, so mm-hmm. I'm not surprised. I was not surprised at all mm-hmm. to see um, Becky Lynch and, and Charlotte get as, as many votes mm-hmm. as they did. So, um, but yeah, there's there's some. Also, it's quite nice. There's a couple of uh, so Hideo Itami against Mustafa Ali from Two Hundred Five Live nice. got a vote. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, as did I'm just trying to find it here uh, Buddy Murphy and Mustafa Ali's no disqualification mm-hmm. uh, match so uh, again Mustafa Ali pull it, proving that he's had a, a year and a half mm-hmm. um, you know uh, Buddy Murphy's had some great matches as well Buddy Murphy and Mark Andrews on yeah. Five Live was absolutely fantastic fantastic 12 minute long sprint mm-hmm. of a match absolutely brilliant the um, it's, again it's hard to sort of pick out a, a favourite match the the a couple that I thought maybe flew under the radar a bit won't get the recognition. I thought Survivor Series this past year was fantastic in the mm-hmm. sense that you had the the Nia Jax Ronda Rousey match had me on the edge of my seat. Yep. And Daniel Bryan and Brock Lesnar, which I thought oh, I thought that was great. That's it's incredible. Great it was incredible, and it was it's the sort of thing that will just kind of kind of fly under the radar a bit, which is weird considering it is a main event and one of the biggest pay per views of the year. But it's it's. The, the, we're almost spoiled. Remember when we used to have four pay per views a year, and I mean, like, maybe get... nothing but fields, mate. No, I don't. No, I mean I live in a new. I mean, it was fields like that two years ago. Yeah, Google Maps still thinks it's fields. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm amazed you get any post. But um, the, the the when and it, I in my day, you know, it was it's the fact that you had like four big wrestling shows a year, and on each one of those you. would you know what? You were lucky to get one blinding match a year on pay per view, mm. maybe two. That's why, like, like Piper and like when I first became a fan. So in that year, you had Savage Flair, you had Piper Hart, you had Bulldog and Davy. Yeah, you, but everything else was just kind of okay. But now we have so many amazing matches happening so often, almost kind of blurs. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, I'm, I can tell you what my match of 2019 is already. Was it Grizzle Young Veterans versus Mustache Mountain? Yeah, it's right, take over. I mean, admittedly, for the fact that I, I nearly cried when when the, the end of the match happened, um, but yeah, that's it. Mark, whoever listens to this, I'm sure there's some people. Um, take a cap of that and remind me this time next year. Unreal. Mm-hmm. Um. So. On to non-WWE match of the year. Uh, this is one of the categories I have to make an apology because I'm aware there's a lot of crossover between my own podcast and people who watch progress shows. I'd also uh, like to apologise for future show. Um, uh, 31 up. different matches were named uh, <laughs> in votes for non-WWE match of the year. Uh, three matches in joint third. Uh, we have from Progress Chapter 75, Jimmy Havoc versus Will Ospreay. Mm-hmm. A two out of three falls match. Uh, we also have uh, Volta versus Tyler Bate from Hello Wembley. And we also have Volta versus Timothy Thatcher. Um, uh, and then, uh, 
Second place, we have LAX versus CCK from Chapter 80, which was right in December, right at the end of the year, yeah. uh, which I think was fresh in a lot of people's minds when they were voting. Um, but number one is not a progress match. Number one is uh, Kenny Omega versus Kazuchika oh. Okada, two out of three fours match from N- New Japan Pro Wrestling Dominion, um, uh, which I think Dave Meltzer gave 18 stars to. I could be wrong. Um there's a lot of there's a lot of matches in it that you know got like just one or two votes, um, and again it's one of those things it's subjective in it what you're into. But, um, but yeah, I, I think very few people would argue. I think the Omega Ricardo match is probably the best match they've had, mm-hmm. and let's be honest, those lads have had some good matches. So it is a proper match of the ages. It's one of those matches. It's a bit like Masawa Kawada. It's one of those matches that we'll still go back to. In, 20 years time instead of watching so um, I'm not at all surprised by that um, what are your thoughts lads I'm, I'm going to confess that out of those I have only actually seen uh, the CCK LAX match right it's, it's big year for, for three lesser acronym tag teams isn't it yeah GYV LAX CCK OVE um, DIY if they get back together right um, so I've not really seen many of them because it, it, again I think it's that's the, 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 the breadth of the people who are voting and everyone's got their own favourite there's so much wrestling now mm. and so much good wrestling it's oh. not even as if it's not as if I, 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 I made a conscious decision not to watch the progress matches back yeah. but I generally only have time to watch them if I'm there because there's so much stuff and it's so much of it's good Um I'm trying to think because I, I, again, most of my the stuff I watched last year was either WWE or NXT, or was was yeah again the promotion that I run. Um, so I, I mean I'm slightly self-serving, but also to give credit where credit's due, my favourite match of last year was Sonna Durston and Sam Bailey's I Quit match uh, from November at the Guildhall, and it's. It bothers me that not enough people will see it. Not because I want to make money or sell tickets, but because you have someone in Sam Bailey whose talents need to be seen. And you can see it. Go, go, go. And I don't care if you buy anything from us or anything. Go to futureofinfinite.com. You can actually see that match for free. It's so good. I just want the world to see it. And they told an amazing story. Uh, That was my non-WWE match of the year last year. What was yours? Bear in mind, I don't think Tori Mon run as many shows as they used to. So, what's uh, what's yours? <laughs> Too small one. Stand up comedian. Um, mine outside of progress was Volta Devlin from OTT. I just googled it to make sure. Uh, Zack Sabre Jr. versus David Starr in the Tetsujin Super mm-hmm. Fight at Stage Two. So that was phenomenal. That was like, yeah. And again, I know I'm biased because, you know, I work for that company. But that was outstanding. Um, Progress-wise, LAX versus CCK was phenomenal. I I really want to just steal LAX and keep them for ourselves. Because yeah, they're just... Too. Not only are they just the nicest lads in the world ever, but bloody hell, they can go. And and, and what was so important about that weekend, I think... And I, re- I think the reason why that match was as good as it was, was... It meant so much to them, and it obviously meant so much to CCK as well. But it meant, you could just see that that whole weekend was so important to them, and that's really lovely. Um, Volta versus Tyler was 
<laughs> unreal. Like, unreal for the stage. Um, See, I have a theory on that match. I, 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 I love that match, and I think it's yeah. great. But I think people would have raved about it a lot more if it had been in the ballroom. Probably, but imagine 4,700 people were all right with having that match. Oh, they were, but I think the, 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 the fact that the show had a bit of lateness and also that um, it's such a big show, I think people, it's almost like you're still going to send some people home disappointed unless someone pulls out a shotgun and shoots someone. Of course. I, I think it may have, if Tyler had won the championship, yeah. I think it probably would be match yeah. of the year. But there's also, but it's also really nice to know that, because everyone there, I think, and I certainly felt like, were ready. If Tyler had become champion at that point, everyone would have lost their mind. Mm-hmm. And I think it's also nice to know that we're in a position where the the outcome of a match can affect your opinion of it. Also, honourable mention, which is in a, 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 a very odd sentence to even say, a match that probably actually went under the radar a little bit was Daisuke Sekimoto versus Tyler Bay from Fight Club Pro. Which did get a vote. Did get a vote. It was bloody cracking. It was that was. It was really good and a, and a complete honour to again be uh, be able to introduce that match. I mean, Walter versus Thatcher is my favourite progress match of the year. Yeah. Um, so from a progress point of view, I, I love that match. I also love Devlin and Osprey. Yeah, of course, yeah. Um, uh, and then there's the OTT stuff. So there's uh, there's Walter and Osprey from there. There's Walter and Devlin from there. Um, there's some great New Japan stuff. Uh, you know, there's there's obviously the match that won it, Omega and Okada. Uh, but then you've got uh, Will and Marty's match that they had that was fantastic because uh, every time they wrestle each other, it's fantastic. Um, you've got uh, Takahashi and Osprey as well, which was a fantastic match too. So there's there's lots and lots of great stuff. Uh, um, about that. Yeah, if 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 you listen to the podcast and you follow me, uh, uh, link me up. Tell me what I should watch because I feel like I've missed a lot this year or well, last year, I should say. Oh, little hidden gem, and I've watched on this before. Zach Gibson versus Rey Mysterio. Had a little cracker at five star. Remember five star. No, but I do remember, I do remember <laughs> that life, match. Yeah. Um, WWE show of the year. Uh, it was close between the top two and no one else came particularly close. Uh, so, number three is Evolution. Mm-hmm. Uh, fantastic show. No, no debate in that whatsoever. Uh, number two is NXT War Games 2. And then number one is NXT uh, TakeOver New Orleans. Uh, which was easily my choice for <laughs> WWE show of the year, and I went to a lot of WWE shows last year, uh, and uh, in particular, I went to a lot of takeovers. And um, that that show, again, because it had my, one of my favourite matches of the decade <laughs> in it, but also every match on that show was fantastic. Um, absolutely out of this world banana show, and such a cool thing to have the day before WrestleMania as well. Right, even though NXT and WWE are the same brand, to have a show that's that awesome ahead of the biggest show in wrestling is is just such a cool thing. And uh, I wouldn't have been surprised if War Games won it because I thought War Games was a great show mm. as well. Um, uh, all of the takeovers got a vote. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all of the takeovers got more than one vote. Um, uh, just outside the top three, 
uh, was TakeOver Brooklyn and the Royal Rumble. Um, mm. I, I love the Royal Rumble. I'm delighted to be going to it this year because it's, it it's, it's one pay-per-view that I've always loved since I was a kid and I think it's, I think it's everyone's... It's, for some people, it's probably their favourite... But and outside of Mania, that, it's probably easier. That, easy, that 2018 Rumble was um, the men's Rumble and the women's Rumble yeah. were both banging, banging weren't they? Absolutely like, bad. Because you forget Adam Cole and Almas yeah. appeared in them. It's mad, isn't it? And then you obviously had like the women's one, which was that mix of, of brilliant, like, like it was the current talent as well as like sort of the throwback. It was cracking, yeah. It was a belly yeah. I um I rewatched it for the first time since I was there. Oh, because yeah. again last year stupid year of going to loads of wrestling yeah. and I rewatched. I've been rewatching the the Rumble matches of late going through the years and that closing stretch with the last four when it was Nakamura Balor Reigns and Cena mm. I, it, being in the middle of that and just the the, 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 the no one was indifferent mm. it's wonderful when, when the Rumble gets it right it's great yeah yeah um, to non WWE show of the year. So number three, and again we had twenty five different shows got votes uh, from this uh, from uh, Matt Riddle's Blood Sports. Uh, a couple of Attack awesome. shows got votes. A couple yeah. of OTT shows got votes. A couple of Fight for Pro shows got votes. Um, uh, a couple of Joey Janela's shows got votes. Both lost in New York on Spring Break. Um, a few progress shows got votes. Uh, just outside the top three, I, I try I, when I'm thinking of my, who I vote for. I try not to vote for progress because it feels a little bit weird. Um, so I would have voted for Battle of Los Angeles. If you vote for one specific day of something, by the way, I've just lumped it all in with like. So if you vote for 16 carat day two, it's on 16 carat. Mm. Same with Battle of Los Angeles. Um, I, I've always loved Battle of Los Angeles. Progress wouldn't exist without. PWG so um, I'm always going to love it I thought especially with it being the first year of it being in its new venue I thought it was fantastic um, uh, so you know I think I think Bowler uh, always has to be somewhat it always has to be a choice I think uh, I think it's very difficult for, for people to not choose Battle of Los Angeles um, but they came fifth fourth was New Japan Dominion which obviously had the fantastic uh, Omega Okada match that we described before Number three was Wrestle Kingdom. Um, number two was All In. And number one was Hello Wembley. Um, but again, I think that's down to the listenership <laughs> of this. Um, I don't tell people what to vote for. And I'm going to probably blow you might have missed something that both of my friends here know this. Hello Wembley was not my favourite programme show of the year. Um, partly because it's too stressful to put that show on. <laughs> it's a nightmare. It's an absolute nightmare where you don't sleep for two weeks before it. Um, and I'm... Super proud of the show. Super proud of the crowd that we drew for it. Um, despite people somehow trying to tell me that getting nearly 5,000 people to a show is bad. Um, mm. uh, because we didn't get 10,000. We never thought we would. Like but Once we got past 3,000, that bit wasn't stressful. But then we had injuries. And we had people being pulled from the show. And we had all kinds of nightmares leading into that show. And that show, they posted it on the wall for the plaque I got given for, um, uh, for putting that show on. Like I'm super proud of it. But as a wrestling fan, was it my favourite progress show of the year? No. It was probably third. <laughs> First was Super Strong Style, because it's always my favourite show of the year. Um, uh, second would be... Normally would be Unboxing, but not this year. I really enjoyed Unboxing, but again, Unboxing felt stressful um, for various reasons. 
Um, uh, so 24 Hour Progress People, the show we did in Manchester, which yeah, yeah. we yeah. didn't expect to be, it was that expectation thing again. We didn't expect it to be as good as it was and it was ridiculously good. Um, so uh, that would be my second favourite. And then it would be Wembley. And bearing in mind, I love every Progress show like you would love a child. Um, I d- I've never gone away from a Progress show going, oh, well, I didn't think that was any good at all. Like, I'm always hypercritical of everything that we do. There was nothing at Wembley I wasn't, I wasn't happy with, but I, I just don't like big arenas. <laughs> That's what it comes down to. I'm really pleased that so many people came to the show and so many people had a good time and so many people voted for it. Thank you, that's great. But um, for me, it wasn't my favourite show of 2018. Um, as a fan, it was Battle of Los Angeles. As a, as a Progress fan, it was Super Strong Star. I think Super Strong Star, last year's Super Strong Star was fantastic and I'm biased because of my company, but I love that show. Um, uh, and, you know, and again, even then, we had to deal with Tyler's injury and changing a lot of stuff. Um, uh, but, um, but yeah, it, I, I, I'm still super happy with that. Um, but yeah, what was, what was your, you guys' non-WWE shows of the year? I'm trying to think how many I saw. The, outside of WWE NXT, and I'm going to stop talking about my own promotion because you know, it's a little self-indulgent. Again, I've only really been to... A few progress shows. Um, I'm trying to think because I'm sure as soon as I walk out the door tonight, I'll go. Oh, that was amazing! That was really good fun. Um, oh, I'm just 24 hour progress. People was incredible. Um, I mean, I said so it. So I got I got heat from people on Twitter by because I went. I think that's my favorite progress show of the year at the time when I, like, I was still basking in the glory. Of, I've, I've reset a little bit now and prefer Super Strong Style. But I had people going, what, you, you liked it more than Wembley? Yeah, just because the show's got a lot of people at it doesn't mean, like, like look, at, look at WWE. Like, the, you guys have voted. The, the best WWE show of last year was a takeover in front of 11,000 people instead of WrestleMania in front of 80,000 You can like something more than something else without that other thing being oh, yeah. bad. And it's, 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 it's weird how the internet thinks that if I don't like something uh, equal, as equally as, uh, as something else, then I'd hate it, which is not the case. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but, yeah. yeah. So that, that was um, progress in Philly as well. Oh, that was um, a fun show, yeah. Because, but again, it, it wasn't all about what happened in the ring. It was also about, again personal thing it's significant yeah. to seeing you and seeing people that I knew at the arena in, in Philadelphia um, I was surprised more people didn't vote for All In but I also think not necessarily lots of people in this country saw All In because mm. it was a lot easier to watch it in the States um, that's for certain um, and Wrestle Kingdom like last year Wrestle Kingdom was you know absolutely smashing the living daylights out of this and and this year didn't And and again it wasn't like 2018's Wrestle Kingdom was fantastic. 2019's Wrestle Kingdom um, was fantastic in places. I don't think it was... I don't think this year's Wrestle Kingdom... And this is a very positive podcast, so I don't like to... I'm not being negative about it, but I don't think this year's Wrestle Kingdom was as good as 2018, 2017, 2016, 2015. I think it was the first one in a while that was still a 9 out of 10 of a show. It just wasn't a 10 for me. Maybe it's expectations again. It's It's gone from the fact that this is getting better and better and better. Now it's here. Well, it was interesting watching um, on Twitter, like people reacting to match times at Wrestle Kingdom, 2019's Wrestle Kingdom, not 2018's, but 2019's Wrestle Kingdom, people reacting to match times, because a lot of the matches are only 10, 12 minutes long. And people going, but all the matches are dead short. Well, they're not. The main event was still like 45 minutes, and the main event was ridiculous, and Ibushi and Osprey was ridiculous. Like they, The whole show was bookended by two out-of-this-world matches. But the rest of it was just, it was brilliant, 
but it just wasn't the level that it has been in previous years. Not for me. And I, I think, um, but I think the 2018. I don't know if people when people were voting, maybe because I had a couple of people go, oh, which Wrestle Kingdom do I vote for? I'm like, well, the 2018 because <laughs> it was in 2018. But it's also right at the beginning of the year, so I don't yeah. know if that if that could. It's, it's been a long time since mm. it happened. Um, final thing is the five extra names that are going to go. Well, I, t- I tell you what, because uh, I, I completely forgot what the categories we were doing, because I'm completely zoned out. Um, not so much a show, but the year that Attack had mm. was absolutely phenomenal. Like I've said it before, and I'll say it again: that if like if I quit wrestling and I left everywhere I worked, the one show that I would absolutely 110 percent go to is Attack, because I really, really think that they have something incredibly special and their anti-fun police slash nothing to prove storyline that they did this year was arguably the best story uh emotional uh match quality like it was outstanding the fact that this year they made you care about a fake policeman a man that is from Mexico via South Wales, two brothers in hard hats, and a man that used to be a cop and is now sexy, and made you nearly cry at a video that they put out, and then to have the emotional release at the end. Also, to take someone that was so sweet and tender and lovely as Chuck Mambo and make him a despicable piece of shit, (laughs) to then have one of the biggest reactions in your company's history by bringing back a sexually, uh, overly sexually active mouse (laughs) in a raincoat. And all of this sounds ridiculous, but was done in such an incredible manner that, that they are such an absolute gem. They are so special and have been for years, but I think this year... They deserve every ounce of credit. They're unbelievable. Unbelievable. And, and that is like not... That is g- my genuine opinion. That has not got nothing to do with the fact that I've, I've been very lucky to work for them and that I have friends involved with that promotion. I genuinely think they are the fucking hidden gem of this scene. And long may it continue. The Hall of Fame... Uh, so we already put a load of people in. Um, basically, I've, I've chosen the top five from the votes that people did. Um, some people um, did not heed the rules of the Hall of Fame. Oh, um, boo! Um, maybe like that. Um, so they, yeah, the rules are: the wrestler has to either be or both, but it has to at least be over forty or retired. So a few people go in, I don't know, well, this person's still wrestling, can they go in? Well, if they're over 40, then yeah. If they're under 40, then no. <laughs> it's quite simple. Um, also, if they're already in the WWE Hall of Fame, they can't go in. Um, and if they're already in our Hall of Fame, there's no point you voting for them, they're already in. <laughs> we ain't going to change it. Um, which comes to, so we've got five guys here. Um, one person got way more votes than everybody else. Um, so he'll be the uh, he'll be the the last headline. We've already we'd already done the headliner with our one when we put them in before Christmas. So, um, so uh, some of the names that uh, aren't going in that um, have been mentioned, I'm going to reel off a load of them now. 
Uh, Takamichinoku, Robo Rocco, Matt Hardy, Scotty Too Hotty, Billy Robinson, Rey Mysterio, The New Age Outlaws, Psychosis, Dynamite Kid, Atsushi Anita, Vader, Dan Severin, uh, Chavo Guerrero Jr., Rob Van Dam, Dean Malenko, Raven, Mitsuharu Masawa, who we still haven't somehow got in there, despite me and Matt being part of this podcast, <laughs> Hiroshi Tanahashi, n- not retired, definitely over 40, uh, Christopher Daniels, Goldust, Great Sasuke, Charles Robinson, the referee. Um, splits McPins from Attack. Oh, um, amazing. Uh, Ultramantis Black, Zandig and Andy Kaufman. Uh, that's <laughs> a few people uh, who got one or two. Ultramantis Black? Yeah. Has someone logged into my, like, alt account and putting these people in? Yeah. Brilliant. Um, I love you lot. But well, here's the, here's the, the top five. The first person I'm going to give you is just to check whether or not we've already put him in. And that's Christian. I don't think we have. Christian! I don't think, sorry, I don't think we have. We've talked about him previously, but I don't think we've put him in. Mm-hmm. Um, so from the listeners of Tuesday Night Jaw, um, the five people going in are Christian, Justin Thunder Tiger, slash Jushin Thunder Liger, <laughs> Bull Meccano, yes. Steve Carino, and, with the most votes... <laughs> Nigel McGuinness. Hey! Well done, guys. You yeah. did good. The crafty um, bastard timing that documentary. I know. <laughs> and, and I will be honest, uh, he got a fair few votes, and a lot of them did come after that documentary. Oh, I tell you um, what. But not all of them. He would still have got in the top five, regardless. He got, by far and away, way more votes than everybody else. Um, uh, Christian got the second most votes, uh, and then Bill Nakano, then Liger, uh, then Steve Carino. Um, uh, so out of these guys... Uh, I've, I've met three of them. Um, I've never met Bull Nakano, but I'm sad about that. Yes. Uh, although I always remember when we did, uh, I think it was either the first Ali Pali show or it was Super Strong Style when Susie dressed up as Bull Nakano. Yeah. It's amazing. Um, uh, I've never, I, I, one of my wish list wrestlers to have on a progress show is Liger. Um, I've said this before. Um, the, my favourite start to a story of all time is William Regal <laughs> sitting me and Dave Mastiff down and going, Me and Joshin Thunder Liger. We're in a bed and breakfast in the Shetland Islands. I don't even remember the rest of the story. But can never live up to it. can never live up to the start. Um, and he was uh, Keiji Yamada, I believe it was mm-hmm. his original name. Um, so, um, uh, Steve Carino is one of my favourite wrestlers. He's been yeah. a guest on Tuesday Night Jaw before. Um, he's a lovely human being. I worked with him the other weekend because he was working at, at, at TakeOver in Blackpool and, and I was working there as part of my job. So, um, it's great to see him. Someone I get on really, really well with um, uh, is uh, was a fine wrestler back in his day and is now someone who's producing ridiculously good quality matches for NXT um, in his role as a, a backstage agent slash producer slash coach. So um, he's awesome. Um, uh, and, and Nigel, I'm, I'm delighted for Nigel because he's someone I've known for a bit uh, through you, mainly Chris, and he's, he's a good dude. He's a good dude who's... Working really hard on his commentaries, doing really great with the commentary side of it, and let us not forget, was for a long time the shining hope of British wrestling. Um, so on a British wrestling podcast, it's brilliant that Nigel is now in our Hall of Fame. So um, congratulations all. How do we all feel about the, the five newest, uh, the newest people going into our, our esteemed hall? I mean, without being too crude, you would have to be some kind of prick to have a problem with them not being in the Hall of Fame, <laughs> wouldn't you? Yes. Yes. I mean, I, I filtered out, like, I just don't bother putting in my spreadsheet any that are clearly a joke or any that... Uh, so how the fuck did Viscera get in? 
that was too that was too late that was back in the day Jesus Christ um, but it's still not okay about that I know you have I not communicated that I know you're not um, but don't speak ill of the dead um, I'm surprised Dynamite Kid didn't get more votes especially because he's recently passed so mm-hmm. uh, and again would not be surprised if one of us puts him in at some point next year um, nah he doesn't wear a mask and he is an obscure <laughs> so the thing with Dynamite Why do you wear a mask the, the thing with the thing with Dynamite Kid is the, the weird thing when he passed away was how many people how many people made a point of saying oh but he wasn't a very nice person like well not everybody in wrestling is like it's yeah. fine like I, I know he wasn't a very nice person a lot of people have told us that but equally he was an absolute trailblazer of a wrestler like there's a difference between not a very nice person someone like Dynamite who was certainly towards the end of his life very bitter about everything that had happened but maybe when he was a wrestler he was a little bit of a bully there's a definite difference between that sort of not a nice person to a Benoit not a nice person he's not like that and and I think that that a lot of people bought even like after like a couple of days after he died it always felt a little bit like yeah, maybe don't bring it up now maybe wait you a know, bit but then it's it's again that's not necessarily just him or just wrestling there are people nowadays who just feel the need to say they must be heard. It's like with Lycos getting hurt. There are people who immediately had to say, well, tell me so, this, that, the other bullshit, because they need to be hurt. Um, but yeah, I think Dynamite's going to be an interesting one because his, there are lots of unpleasant people in wrestling, and but his was very well documented. Presu- mostly, I think, it came through Bret Hart because yeah. Bret Hart was very outspoken about it. Right. Um, and there's a lot of stuff that's happened that isn't necessarily common knowledge, but I think he he occupies that weird space as well. Mm. Um, so there's going to be a lot of folk who have a bit of an issue with him, and if you do, it's fair. But yeah. well, I'm not saying you can't have an issue with him, yeah. I'm just saying that it felt like a lot of people... Bearing in mind, he's been pretty much retired from... from public view for about a decade not longer than that 1990s he yeah. um he... so it seemed amazing how many sort of 25 year old people have got an opinion on what a horrible human being he was yeah and uh, and again like i'm not saying he was an angel by any means <laughs> um but you know definitely was a bit of a bully definitely had some problems but at the same time you know was a ridiculously good wrestler Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, once someone's passed away, and you can hopefully forget about the, the bad stuff in their life, you know, maybe that's something they can come back to. But, um, but it was interesting. People like Christopher Daniels, who are obviously still wrestling, but you know, is is in his forties and still going and still doing great. Um, interesting to see him in there. Um, uh, and yeah, someone like Takamichinoku in my head is still clearly only twenty years old. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but yeah, to see him in there as well is, is interesting. But I don't think anyone would argue with any of those. With those five, uh, we will add them. We'll get our engraver to chip them into uh, the. And if not, we'll just laminate them. Yeah. Some like cards. Do you know what? I just want to say thank you to the, to the, the people that voted for Ultramantis Black and Splits McPins because now you've reminded me of the loophole of retirement. So I'm going to find the most obscure Toramon wrestler that retired really early oh. and I am going to wedge them oh into the God. Hall of Fame. I know exactly who it is. If it's obscure wrestlers who retired, 
What about Delirium, Matthew Taylor Richards? Oh, good lord. You could go in the Hall of Fame. Never vote for him. All vote for me to ruin his life. Ruin his credibility more than he's already done it himself. And vote me (laughs) in for 2019. You're listening to Radio 6. Uh, We're coming up to... I mean, you keep getting the name of it wrong. That's the bit that makes it even worse. (laughs) Um, Right, let's plug some stuff as we end this... This shambles of a podcast. I'm going to plug my campaign for 2019 and my Tuesday night <laughs> March to the Hall of Fame. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, I'm talking over your wrestling. I talk over your wrestling. There you go. You're welcome. Said like a nan. Yeah. Um, you talk over wrestling. Good work. Well done. Loving your work. Cheers, um, mate. What's uh, your social media? At Richards host. Uh, let's find really obscure wrestlers to, to really annoy Jim with um, and let's batter him with it. Um, yeah. Thanks. Fine. Christopher, plug some stuff. Uh, Danny Sensation for the 2019 Hall of Fame. Uh, my my own Twitter is at the Man. I think I've broken Matthew. <laughs> Again. It's a full-on beaker then from the Muppets. Oh my god. At the Man. At Future Shock Rest. Uh, plugs. Come to see the show. Future Shock tapped. Sick. He's, he's not retired. February. He's not retired. No, he wrestled. Is he, he over 40? He wrestled in 2018. He's definitely not over 40. Well, I know, mean, his hairline's definitely looks oh, like he's over 40. Put a pin in Danny Sensation. We'll come back to him later. Um, the, uh, yeah, tapped three, Future Shock, uh, Manchester City Centre, Wednesday, 6th of February. We have three matches announced. Big Joe versus Sugar Dunkerton, which is going to be a treat. <laughs> we have Boss. Um, no time limit. CJ Banks versus Joey Hayes. They went 50-minute time limit last night. It was exceptional. This is going to be even better. And uh, the, the Grizzly Young Vets taking on the Young Guns. Uh, February 23rd, we've got Sonna Durson versus Pack at Longfield Suite. And we have uh, the Hurricane, Shane Helms, uh, coming to the Town Hall for Uproar 105. And that is on the 17th of March. Uh, tickets for all of the above can be found via futureupwrestling.co.uk. Join us. That was good. That was professional. Um, uh, no time for professionalism on this. M- me. Uh, <laughs> at Jim Smallman on Twitter. Um, progresswrestling.com, demand-progress.com. Everything on Distraction Pieces Network. Progress tickets. Uh, the next Progress show uh, is Camden, February the 24th. Tickets go on sale next Monday, January the 28th at noon. Tickets went on sale today for season ticket holders. For uh, Kaiju Big Battle. Yes. <laughs> Super Strong Style Weekend. Uh, they go on general sale on Thursday, should you want to come to that. Obviously, come to Super Strong Style. I know what's planned for it. I'm not allowed to tell you yet, but trust me, it'd be bananas. I'm phoning in sick. I'm just going to Kaiju. <laughs> it was afterwards. Just, just so you know. I'm so good at phoning um, <laughs> so I want to go in with a, a clean palette for Kaiju. I'm, I'm going I'm to be Dr. Cube. That's all I say. No! Can I, yeah, I clarify Cube. something? Matthew, if you compete, then you won't be eligible for the Hall of Fame. Oh, yeah, and someone did say they wanted to book me against French Toast. So, mm, told mm, um, but that's I'm defeated last year. Uh, Super Strong Style tickets are on sale now for Alexandria Palace, May the 4th, 5th and 6th. Um, we've also got tickets on sale for March the 9th in Bournemouth, March the 10th in Birmingham. Uh, they're the only tickets you can buy at the minute. But do come to Super Strong Style because uh, it's a festival of wrestling that's great fun. Um, I'll be there these lads will probably be there 
I mean, what do you mean, decided, probably? Man, I might decided, be. Yeah, you're in my hands. Um, <laughs> <laughs> do you hear that, John? Did you hear that? Yeah, good. I'm John's not listening this long. Man. Yeah, I was going to say, he's probably raging that it's like nine hours or whatever it is. <laughs> it's not even that long. We've got good at this now. Look, it's only an hour and 32 minutes. Oh, we might have actually made it this far. Good. Still my um, favourite, John. Still my favourite. Um, uh, so anyway, thanks for listening. Um, and good Take care everybody. of each other. Take care of yourself and each other. <laughs> Goodbye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.